Who's doing this one? Me. A yes. garbage, garbage man. man. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, set him up. <laughs> Every oop needs an alley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. A good thing to do would be to troop in an alleyway and go oop. <laughs> someone, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. User was banned for this one. <laughs> User was banned for this one. Oh, God. You guys are on spin last in line for brains and the one she got was sort of rotten and insane we are hottest 100s and thousands and we have taken control of your radio station it's a podcaster you want some buncha it's a podcaster you want some mac it's a podcaster you want some harrison or would you prefer me to talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 my name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again, <laughs> Mr. Nathan Harrison, C Major. Such conflicting emotions. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> G Major, Adam Buncher. Because I'm a G. Yeah. Sick. And the saddest of all chords, D Minor. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> yeah, not Particularly it. that one. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Andrew, are you D okay? minor, the saddest of all the chords. It's Andrew McDonald. Thank you, David. Thank you for everything. <laughs> it's the least I could do, really. Oh, God, we're getting to a pointy fucking end, and some eyeballs are going to get taken out in this episode, people. Believe oh, you me. Uh, but uh, let's, let's, let's soldier on. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue talking about a band that we just recently uh, started discussing. We are going to head up back to the Highlands and talk about Garbage. Uh, This is a song called Vow, and it's at number 15 in the 1995. I can't use what I can't abuse, and I can't stop when it comes to you. You burn me out, but I'm back at your Number 15 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a little track called Vow. Uh, Nathan, 
I don't know. I can't think of any garbage-related puns. Uh, Thou one, maybe? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> oh, God. We don't have ten hours for <laughs> no, that. We don't, we don't. You need to keep it's, this snappy, all right? All right, all right. It uh, takes one to know Thou. Hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> This song is great. This clearly lives in in the same world as Hole and, and Sleater Kinney and Breeders a lot more than Queer that we talked about uh, not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It's a much more straight, grungy track, and it's really good at it. Like The chorus is just huge with those extra vocals and that hook on, like, the Tell You Little World Apart is so good. Classic, like we talked about a lot of songs that if you were at a gig for the first time seeing this band, you'd be singing along to that song by the end of the song, and I think this mm. chorus does that in spades. Yeah. I kind of miss the weird pop veneer that Garbage are really good at and they do a lot, they did in Queer and they do a lot with their later stuff as well, like Cherry Lips and all that sort of stuff. But um, this song just rocks. It's great. I love I, it. I I'm love that this it. was their this was their absolute debut single, and it's just like just like a screaming yeah. debut for a band. I think that in the verses, Manson's vocals are a bit low, and I like that. It feels, the guitars it, are crazy. It this. feels like it's recorded right in front of you. Like, I, yeah, this... There's a lot to love about this song. I think it's like as a first single, it kicks a fair amount of ass. The, the, the quiet bridge kind of midway through. Like mixes it up enough. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's that's enough of a disruption of the song. I love that though, like it feeling like it's you, you're standing in front of the speaker. Yeah. That's that's 100% what this song is. That's great. Yeah, and like the constant kind of fuzz behind everything. I think this is garbage doing what they do really, really well. I remember saying a fortnight ago that yeah. the pop stuff didn't really meld that well for me. And like I don't miss the pop veneer at all yeah, here. Sure. I get down with this an awful lot. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, I got a lot of love for this tune. I wasn't that familiar with it. I definitely heard it. Mm. But coming back to it here, played it more than the other songs because, yeah, just a lot to love. I thought you would love it as soon as I heard the intro guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, fully, it's, it's yeah. way too shoegazy. Yeah, yeah, it was to get yeah. down it's shimmery left and right. Yeah. Pan. It's yeah. so um, my bloody Valentine love. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. I think it's really interesting that uh, you guys have all picked up on the fact that it's not particularly representative of Garbage's sound. They thought that as well, and that was why they were somewhat hesitant to release it as the first single, which right. it did end up being released as. Prior to that, it was actually released as part of a magazine uh, CD sampler. I don't know whether it was the demo version uh. or whether it was the finished one, but it pretty much spread due to word of mouth and it was because of the huge amount of love that it got in that context that it actually did end up getting released. They were scared that they would pigeonhole them into being more of a grungy kind of band and not represent the genre hopping, which is what they do on their album. What I think it ended up doing when you go back and listen to this is actually make them seem more diverse and genre hopping really because they they get in on this... Uh, and the next really well-established yeah, yeah. sound, and they knock it out of the park. I agree with pretty much everything everyone said here. Like, it's the guitars are just way too great. Could she sound any more like Kim Gordon in the intro? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that the best it shows their lineage really well. Yeah, it's it's great. And I imagine that this is one of those tracks where a lot of people who don't like garbage still like this song. Mm. I found one really great quote that said that this song is much for fans of Natalie Merchant as it is for fans of Nine Inch Nails. Huh. Which is mm. pretty solid. It combines mm. it combines the alternative Friends edge. Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Both. yeah, both of them. Where yeah. is that collab? <laughs> Probably would turn out surprisingly well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, like totally. it's the kind of thing you wouldn't think would work, but if it turns out anything like this song, then I'm behind it. Uh, I'm going to be super clumsy right now and do a massive name drop. Uh, I interviewed Butch Vig earlier this year uh, around the time that the most recent uh, Garbage record, uh, Strange Little Birds, came out. Uh, and uh, we were talking about if you look at like the trajectory of the band and like all the songs of theirs that were hits, like their greatest hits records, 
they don't sound like it's all the one band. It sounds like it's like a 100% hit or like a So <laughs> Fresh or something like that. And they're like perhaps one of the most eclectic bands to have massive pop hits, in my opinion. You look at a song like I Think I'm Paranoid. I think I'm paranoid. With that big, crunchy, heavy guitar. You look at a song like I'm Only Happy When It Rains. I'm only happy when it rains which is this big fucking indie anthem. You look at a song like this that, you know, is kind of in that similar style, which is very biting and sassy and has that really solid energy to it and those really cool, like, beginning of How Soon Is Now-esque guitar tones mm-hmm. at the start that goes... And so you've not only got all that going on, but then you've got, like, the big pop hits and the groovy, more, like, trip-hoppy sort of stuff, like Queer and Milk. and stuff like that. The thing about the first Garbage record is that there are so many fucking hits on it that you forget which ones were hits. <laughs> it's kind uh, of like, it's like that Shania Twain record. That's, um, a, good, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison to Yeah, make. yeah. Well, <laughs> what? Shania, Come On Over by Shania Twain, Twain is like one of the highest selling albums yeah. of all time. There okay. were 18 songs on that album. 12 mm. of them were singles. Wow. 12. Does that set some kind of record? Is there some kind of official record for that kind There's of thing? There's got to be. They weren't all hits, but like a good chunk of them were. And they they still like around to this day. And like, it's the same with this garbage record. Like there were so many singles off this record. Like, what are the other six songs like? Are they like really, are they really bad? Like, Look, man, you don't it's need... been a long time since I've listened to this record. Okay? You don't need filler if you've already got 12 hits. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do they include 12, the other 12 six? 12 hits is a great album. Like, that's <laughs> a, leave it there. Like what are the other six? What are the clearly had something, <laughs> clearly had something to prove, but we're not here to talk about Shania Twain. God damn it! I just brought Yet. it up. With <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> oh, Let me say, Shania Twain, come on over, come on <laughs> hey! in to the countdown. Uh, you know <laughs> what? I don't so care good. what anyone says. She's still the one. This clearly doesn't impress Adam much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's Brad Pitt. <laughs> <A> stretch. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. This is how Deej died. Yeah, laughing man. at a Shania Twain reference. Yeah, you died have, the way you have lived. to go, and you do, so <laughs> yeah. good garbage discourse. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God, I love you, Shania. If you're listening, please just give me a call. Like, come you know, on over. Yeah, come, come on, on over. Yeah. Please, please, please. Gets you every I fucking time. love this song. I really genuinely uh, love this track. I love this album. I, I just think, yeah, at least for a time, Garbage were one of the most creative and interesting bands kind of working within their field. And I still find them fascinating to this day. Yeah, and we've talked about them before as like taking, in much the same way that post-grunge attempted to take the grunge sound and co-opt it and make it poppy and whatever you were talking about, how Garbage was like doing that for Riot Girl. Mm. Yeah, and that's totally it in this song. Like, yeah, totally. In drums. Yeah. What a great band. It's great. It's great. Oh, hi. Oh, no, I totally had planned to go, wow. Uh, but, oh, wow. Moments passed. Uh, All right. Wow. When? Oh, wow. Yeah, for the song, wow. No, 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 you can still time. Nah, it's too late. It's fine. Wow. Sure, it's fine. Wow. 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 See, it would have been great, but it's not great. At number 14, this is Jeff Buckley with The Last Goodbye.
in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Last Goodbye. Uh, now, we've dipped our toes in uh, with Jeff Buckley previously and kind of tested the waters David, uh, with the title track to his album uh, Grace, which came in earlier on. But we are really diving in here. Oh, this is a song that is just swelling, swelling with emotion. Funnily uh, enough, it's not a very deep cut. Yeah, yeah, not at all, not at all. But uh, honestly, when this plays, there is not a dry eye in the room. It really just does come crashing down on you. And it really, really made a splash, not only... On the charts, but you know, here in the hottest 100, and so many years after its release, it is still making waves. Uh, Adam, Adam, what are your thoughts on this song? I have a lot of thoughts right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, on, not on this song. What a terrible person, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Y, <laughs> shame. DJ Y on the hurt feelings. Hey, <laughs> did you hear that? It's just, it's everyone's shaking their head right now, <laughs> wagging their finger. And this is me flipping them all off <sighs> and showing them my pain. <laughs> this and is how great is this song? Um, I I was ready to go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Is there, is there a problem? Did I incorrectly use an analogy somewhere? <laughs> Am I out of my depth? Look, you already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't quite know how to like successfully transition into talking about this song in a really earnest kind of loving way. This is obviously a beautiful song. Yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> that was that was a good warm up. Adam, Adam needed that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. There was yeah, that was a nice little alley oop, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you will. Um, look, but I have to say, Jeff Buckley on paper in this song is a little bit questionable. I know that some people have some problems with Jeff Buckley. They and look, honestly, here is a a croony white guy singing a breakup song. Finally, right. And in this song, it does feature lines like, must I dream and always see your face? But you didn't know him at all. Kiss me, kiss me. Like, it's just, there is, on paper, I'm talking about, you look at this and you go like, oh, mm, I don't know about this. But all of that, at least to me, completely disappears when you get in there and you hear the way he delivers those lines. They should not sound nearly as fucking great as they as they do in here. And that is just such a testament to Jeff Buckley as a vocalist, as a singer and songwriter. You were talking about committing to emotion, Nathan, like 100%. When I hear this song, I don't actually, and this maybe is going a bit over the top hyperbolically, but I don't actually recognize it as like a song that's being written and sung. Like some songs, just like this guy is singing that song. It seems to just flow. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Woo, lad. <laughs> it's Stop just... being so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, Adam. Too soon. Someone has died. It just kind of comes out so seamlessly and wonderfully, and then the song just, to me becomes this gradual unfolding of moment after moment after moment, and each one is just absolutely joyful. I know that this is like, you know, like it's a breakup song, but there's so much relief in a way, I guess, or like, uh, it's like cleansing. It's it's getting it out there, and it, it just leaves me with this light, lifted kind of feeling. It's it's pure vulnerability and, and honesty, and it's just a complete delight to listen to this. I think, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't end under, uh, there's a note of hope at the end. It doesn't, it's not... A downer track, but also no, it's it's no. too, it's too beautiful to be sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is like one of the most beautiful pieces of popular music of the nineties. I said before, my Jeff Buckley was never my like my go to guy in a number of ways, and this makes sense to me as being his biggest commercial hit. The band are in such great form here as well. Yeah, like the, the whole, band are so the good. band are on fire, and his guitar playing because like I yeah. think he's often overlooked as a guitarist because his voice is so immaculately perfect but yeah. like he plays guitar really gorgeously here it's lovely music and everything about it works yes yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking about with the moments like it starts off and it's like from the first snare hit like that's a, that's a delightful moment mm. that then leads the track somewhere else the the unexpected chord change at the end of the first verse where it just kind of gets way too rocky it's just kind yeah. of like oh hey and that catches you I've... off guard and is delightful the string the strings are gorgeous. Whoa! Like they come in and the and the wonderful melody that he just kind of freestyles over or whatever. And then like when it really builds up to the climax, like the did you say no this can't happen to me moment is just Did you say no this can happen to me? Oh, so ah oh, fuck it's so, it's so good like I'm not being restrained now like this, no, this song gets me so friggin lifted and then like uh, you didn't know him at all bit like and the way he just kind of riffs on that that at the end pure joy I've damn near been brought to tears just by how much I enjoy this track and like yeah. I can't say that about many other songs but it's just like it's just ecstasy when I listen to this I is don't it, get that is this your favorite song on the album. Maybe in terms of just enjoyment. Like, I think Grace overall is my favourite kind of song. But, you know, like, there are some times where I go through the album, and I, I did this actually fairly recently. I was thinking of something to put on, and I just kind of like, you know what, lean into it, man. Listen, <laughs> yeah. Lean into the, the character. Be, be Adam Buncher right now. Uh, listen to Grace. And I did, and I was walking around the middle of the city, like, and if anyone was watching me or whatever, they'd be like, Holy, I don't know what that guy's listening to, but I've, like, I've never heard anything that much. Oh, yeah, yeah. would have been like, oh, I've got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's time of that or the airplane over the city. I was just having the best time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I do. I have the best time when this song sure. is on. And I'm so glad that this song made it in at number three in the hottest 100 of 20 years countdown. That is yes. a much more respectable place for this song to sit. Thank <laughs> you very much. This is not much. bad. It's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. Grace. Y- yeah. It's been gross. <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm so happy that it was also cut. beaten uh, both uh, in this countdown and in that countdown by the very, very same song. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We'll we'll come to so, that. Uh, That's fine. No matter what, huh. there's always there's always someone cooler than you. That's no, the moral of the story. <laughs> Number one in my heart. Well, that's all that matters. The hardest 100. Puns aside, yeah. you obviously love this song. Yeah, of course I yeah. do. I'm not a monster. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. It's like... It's just like, to Adam. I know this is like going to quickly alienate me, but like I don't like the falsetto very much. I don't like white guy falsetto generally. It's kind of his thing. It is his thing. And I think that's why I don't... I, I'm not that engendered to yeah, Buckley as an artist. Yeah, that's fair. And like... 
that's just that, that's not his problem. He's obviously doing the falsetto perfectly. It's just not something that I ever want to hear. So mm. that sucks. But as long as obviously like it's beauty rock, like it, there's no mm. like, beauty rock. That's yeah. interesting. Right? It's just uh, like as a critic, it's my prerogative to coin genres of music <laughs> that artists dislike. <laughs> yeah, I'll this allow is it. beauty rock, and it's just immaculate. Obviously, it's a really really well crafted. Uh, really strongly emotional piece and you know like i can totally see why people have fallen head over heels for it many many times over you know that there are generations of kids you know some that weren't even alive when when jeff was kind of kicking and and making music and stuff like that that have you know fallen helplessly in love with this song And and it makes perfect sense you know it's those arrangements those modulations where it kind of goes up and then down again and then kind of moves in different ways entirely you know like the strings are really great like that slide guitar that kind of leads into it i think it's really really well done mm. like obviously the session plays he got to work with on this record like they kill it yeah they kill yeah. it and yeah. that, a lot and of the producer that producer does such yeah. good for all for all like the quiet like just jeff moments like i really love like the full band stuff where he really kind of gets a chance to let his vocals kind of soar um i think the reason that this song has a particular resonance with uh, the uh, listenership of Triple J is because this uh, played on air as uh, our head conspirator, uh, Dickie Kingsmill, found out on air uh, that Jeff Buckley had died and had to tell everyone. Wait, so it was already playing? No, 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 no. no. Like, he played it. That, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, no, um, no. It's not that much of a decon. I was, I was three tracks. Can <laughs> you into- imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I was three tracks into Black Star when I found out that Bowie died. No, oh, no I think dude. I was actually I was up to Lazarus. It was oh, intense. It was like, no. oh, oh my god, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, that's fucking like, wild. I just, like I saw it on Twitter. Like, cause it, it broke on Twitter first. I was like, holy shit. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. We all spent like three hours not believing it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then Duncan yeah. came out and he was like, it's true. It's true, it's just like, holy fuck. like, I need some time off Twitter. It's like, yeah, yeah. we all do. Can yeah, I yeah, ask yeah. just on that, did you did you commit to listening to the rest of the album? Did you yeah, and then I listened that? to Bowie for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I like, think we all like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got out my and, copy and, of uh, the uh, Mick Rock book, uh, Munage Daydream, nice. like mm. the big, like, and just went through all the photos of him on tour yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I just sort of went album to album. I think Double J the next day were playing Bowie the whole day. The whole day, yeah, 24 hours Anyway, that's really... I mean, right. yeah, is this, yeah this, so this is like, the song you would play. He found it and, yeah. like, so he had to announce wow. it to everyone, like, including people at the station, like, literally everyone, like, the news came in, had to break it to everyone, and then they just played Last Goodbye. And, yeah. Fuck, man. He says that, you know, it's one of the hardest um, uh, shifts that he's ever had to finish. Oh, God, yeah. And that'd be a weepy drive home. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. on the radio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you were saying about the lyrics, Adam, there's something to be said that I think a lot of the most sort of successfully emotional songs have lyrics on paper that are trite and cheesy and don't mm, work at all. Mm, yeah, maybe yeah. so. But it's the performance that, like, there are so many songs. Even You know, like, I, we love The Cure. So many sure. Cure lyrics on their own. Don't really hold up Love as anything particularly interesting. Well, it's like we have this similar discussion when we're speaking about Everybody Hurts. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 On paper. <laughs> my Jeff Buckley, if you will. Yeah, like I'm yeah. on paper. I'm Ari, like, I'm a definitely ostensibly my Jeff like, 
not necessarily sanctimonious, but certainly but a bit, like, a bit on, on the nose. On the nose. Yeah. But like these moments that like if you view them as being on the nose, that's just because as human beings living in modernity, we have a it's an, time, an yeah. irony mm. part of it's, ourselves. Yeah. But like when you embrace sincerity, as this song does so earnestly, then you can't help but be swept along with it. Maybe that's part of the the joy of these kinds of songs as well, is that yeah. like when you allow yourself you're almost you know, catharsis. In, in the joy of in the joy of going along with something that you or participating in something that you don't normally do that's outside of the norm, like you you that expression, that sincerity, that degree of emotion, mm. the degree of feeling, and it's a, it's about the private experience of listening to music as well, like yeah. having a personal connection to a song and all that sort of stuff. That when you don't have it and someone else does, it's very easy to shit on. But when you go, like you said, when you go with it, it's it's a powerful thing. And the thing for me with this song though is like I'm not. It's not that. It, particularly like invokes any kind of feelings that I've had about relationships necessarily, but I think it just successfully conveys its subject matter in such a flawless and seamless and wonderfully beautiful way that you go along with it. You don't, you don't need to have, it's any, not you about, you don't need specifics. to bring anything with you. Yeah. It's, it's packed. Yeah. It's ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Just yeah. pick it up. Oh, just, we did it. We I did just it. love it, man. Yeah. yeah we just, did it. So you should. Yeah. It's, it's a, a fantastic song. Mm. Great job. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fucking all right. It's Oasis at number 13 in the 1995 Otis 100. This song is called Morning Glory. in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Morning Glory. Here we are. We are talking about uh, the counterpart to Blur mm, at long, yeah. long last. Yeah, it's been a we've, long only, time we've, we've been very one-sided in the Britpop wars. It's really um, weird that they haven't had a presence in the countdown until this point. Yeah, yeah well, if they were going to ha- make their presence felt, it was obviously going to be at this at very, very pointy end. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> um, because, as we've mentioned, Blur won the war, but many fucking battles were won by Oasis. Mm. Like, uh, at the time, uh, they were pretty much the biggest band in the world. They couldn't fucking take a shit without getting fucking mobbed by yeah. press and, like, everything. Like, they were just being hounded everywhere they went. And it was 
fascinating. I wonder if anybody's made a comparison between that and Beatlemania. I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if anybody has compared Oasis to the Beatles. I wonder if there's another documentary coming out about Oasis <laughs> and the relationship between the Gallagher brothers. Like, wouldn't that be fascinating? It's like, certainly untouched territory in yeah, music yeah, journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't like talking about themselves right no, now. No, so. no, no, not at all. Not at Private all. band, very private. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually funny. The first question I had for when I interviewed name drop Noel Gallagher uh, was I was saying pretty much every interview that you've done in the last you know 15 years or whatever like even like when you're focused on brand new stuff like a new Oasis record or a new like Noel Gallagher solo record everyone's just like tell us about 1995 and shit like that like do you ever get tired of that and he's just like well it was an interesting point in time everyone wanted to know if it was real that was their year obviously Yeah. yeah 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 oh gosh darn this was huge Everyone has very, very differing opinions about, you know, like the actual quality of these songs beyond that kind of mass hysteria. Like, do these songs still hold up so many years later? Some of them do and some of them don't. Like, that's basically it. Like, you can't be one of those blind people that's just like, Mm. yeah, Oasis were the perfect band that made the most perfect music ever. And you also can't be one of those people just saying, oh, you know, they were the most overrated thing ever. They never made a good song. It's just like, well, they did. They also didn't. It's the same with every, like, massive band. Mm. Like, I don't think there are any, like, truly, like, huge, huge bands out there that are entirely deserving of praise they get, but also not entirely deserving of all the hate that they get, (laughs) you know? Like, especially bands that were around as long as these guys were, you know? Like, they, they kept going for another fucking 14 years after this. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. Well, they just enjoyed it so much. They enjoyed each other's company. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why there were only two original members by the time the band finished and literally everyone fucked off. This is one of the songs that holds up for me. It's one of those very brash, very anthemic, very bunny mosh kind of just like in the moment classics. You could timestamp 1995, but just like, what's the star in morning glow? It's just like, oh, it's 1995. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that will forever be inextricably linked to that uh, time, that era, and that kind of wave of music. And, uh, you know, there's elements of, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Kinks and like a lot of classic 60s rock and pop music, but it's also blended in with that kind of brash, like Generation X kind of vibe. There's a lot going on in spite of the fact that Liam would kind of have you believe, you know, like with his kind of laid back kind of just, ah, oh, got my fucking hammer, yeah, whatever. Like that whole nonchalant kind mm. of attitude. Like, you know, there's some shit going down. Like, yeah. you know, like. They were very chalant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, despite what he would have you believe, they cared a lot, you know. And yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot to be said about kind of like the political climate and, you know, like everything that was going on in Britain at the time, you know. So there's so many different layers here, but you take all of that away. This is still a great song, in my opinion. There's still like a great attitude and a great energy that kind of uh, keeps it going. I think this is a great song. Yeah, like, yeah this is a great okay, song. Okay, now this is interesting because I would not have picked you. No, neither like, would I. Ne- ne- no, definitely. Neither would Oasis, I. no. No, I'm, I'm definitely a blur over Oasis guy. I'm definitely a blur over Oasis, both yeah. well under pulp. Is anyone here um, not <laughs> blur over Oasis? 
Well, you know, like I'd assumed that I was Blur over Oasis, but like honestly, I haven't had that much to do with Blur, and I only kind of recently, after coming to look at this song and you know some of the other Oasis stuff from Morning Glory, realized that Morning Glory was actually a really important album for me when I was younger. I have a lot of really good associations to mm. it. I listen to it quite a bit, and uh, I I just don't know. I thought I knew. But now it's kind of like I'm listening to Oasis again in reference to this song going like, damn, man, like, Morning, like Oasis. Morning Glory has got to be one of the most muscular albums of the 90s and of the genre of, of pop rock. So, but anyway, we'll get to, we'll get to me in a sec, <laughs> Andrew. I think this, like, yeah, I definitely am a blur over Oasis, man. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big blur, man. So Oasis are quite low on my list of bands that I give a shit about. I only listened to Morning Glory in uni for the first time. I know it was kind of not on my radar. I heard the singles growing up. Yeah. But um, this song, I think, it, like this exemplifies why they are legends of popular rock. This it? song takes like a, the hard-edged feeling of grunge rock and yeah. like channels it into a more droll British approach. Like it's not like it's, not like it's embracing the irony of, of your blurs and your pulse. No, not at all. But no. It's super British, but still has a grunge aesthetic. It's really them channeling what grunge did really fantastically really into making it their own sound. It, this exemplifies a lot of what was popular in the 90s, like the noisy guitar, like the over the not over the top British accent. It is, it is his accent, but not mm. high, an unhidden British accent. Um, like the ironic playfulness of the song and like the totally dryness of the What's the Story Morning Glory delivery. Like it's super 90s. Like it's pure, as you said, David, it's 995 as fuck, but yeah. it's like it's pure mid 90s pop rock at the peak of its genre. And it's also just so huge. Like, yeah, it's so massive. Yeah. This stands it's out way, to it's me. It's way more massive than I view Oasis oh, as being. Easily the biggest track I think that they've put out. It brings the stadium with you, complete yeah. with the tens of thousands of screaming fans. That's all present in the song. It's a it's a sonic fucking hurricane, mm. and you're standing in the goddamn middle of it. Yeah. And like I think it's a similar thing to that common people. Every single all the channels, channel. Are, yeah, yeah. Every single channel is used here, and they're all great. But more than that, like. Every single piece of melody in this in this song is a goddamn hook. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the way it teases up to the chorus is sheer masterful songwriting. You know exactly what's coming. You want that riff to kick back in. You want that massive sing-along anthem. And they tease it up and then they just let it go. Um, I also never really dug into the meaning of the song or any of the lyrics behind it or whatever, but I actually kind of dig what they're putting down there as well. I saw one journalist was talking about how the first Oasis album was very much talking about uh, the feeling of bravado and that life owes you something better than the average and that you are somehow entitled to that and whatever and how the what's the story Morning Glory kind of stripped back away and saying that, you know, like... In, maybe in a relationship to, to Thatcher's Britain or whatever, which I think it's still, you still have to take in consideration you have to, you have to, every like, British music yeah, at this yeah. point. Uh, talking about you have to change yourself, you have to change your own attitudes. Thus, the song is about being unable to get out of bed until you've had a line of coke and you walk out <laughs> in the air with your own tunes playing or whatever. Mm. Like it's it's somewhat complex. Um, it's it's defiant, give a fuck, self determined, but ultimately you could view it as being you know doomed and self deceiving as well. You know, yeah. it, what what good is it if you're feeling lifted on your way to work if you're working at a shitty job because you're living you know you're living in in Thatcher's Britain or whatever? So there's like. A lot of stuff there. And perhaps yeah. the, the kind of rather complex takeaway is that, you know, like how much does, does your circumstance matter if you're able to, to lift yourself up out of it, you know? The zen of Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You like this song as well? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Look, I, yeah, like I obviously blur 
over Oasis, everyone over Oasis, partially because <laughs> Oasis cared about the Britpop wars more than anyone else, and that's why oh, it's really totally. easy to not like them. It's yeah. all they had going for <laughs> But between that and, you know, like my punk days and the saturation of Wonderwall and then the Gallagher brothers being the Gallagher brothers, it's very easy to be like, I'm not going to care much about Oasis, and that's fine. But this song is a banger. It's so weird, just like Oasis's lack of irony when... At least for me, like, Britpop irony is the counterpoint to grunge. That's Mm. what makes it interesting and special, and that's not really present in this song or a lot of Oasis, and that's just, like, an interesting thing to happen. But, yeah, it's taking so much from grunge. This song is such a template for, like, 90s alt-rock bands. Like, everyone still to come is looking to this song and going, like, oh, yeah, we can kind of do that. They can't really do it as well as in this song, but that's fine. Weird that you say stadium, because I think this song just fits in a pub. Really? Like it just it just feels like a big rowdy sing along. Well, it pub. worked for both. Yeah, they yeah, started out yeah. in those pubs, and you yeah. know, like obviously it went off there. But by the time they were playing Wembley and selling that fucker out, like. Yeah. But I think it's like off, particularly man. like comparing it to stuff like Common People with all the synth lines and all the like kind of poppy. You know, this is just straight up pub rock. Okay. You know, in, yeah. in terms of the instrumentation and stuff, sure, and that yep. just makes mm. me think of people in a British pub having lagers and yeah. and yelling along to the Fucking song. Lager. I just don't think the pub would be standing by the end of it. Maybe I, think, I think that'd be the last thing that ever happened in that pub. There'd that, be no more meat raffle. There'd be no more bingo Tuesday. That, that's, oh, no. that's such it's a gone. trope of the like British council estate pub that gets like crazy rowdy and everyone wrecks shit. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I could believe that the people inside that pub would think they're in a stadium. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't it's be too very, long before they were. Those guitars and that melody is very empowering <gasps> when you're when you're like singing along with it, which only fits yeah. in again with like exactly. the message of the song and what the song's doing. Like you know, you, you yeah, think yeah. you're in a stadium, you're actually in a pub, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking right. Every pub is a stadium when the song's on. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, well, I don't think we'll be talking about these guys for a little. I don't while, think they had any other yeah. big tracks. No, it's kind of yeah, one hit wonder. Can, but. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder when we'll be uh, talking about them next. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and number 12, this is Mindless Drug Hoover with the Reefer Soul. One sunny day I was riding my bike and smoking a joint cause that's what I like. A policeman stopped me and began to stare and he said, Hey sonny, what you smoking there? I said, it's a reefer day, you want some policeman. It's a reefer day, you want a blast. It's a reefer day, you want some policeman. Or would you prefer me to shove it up your ass? Well, he put me in his car and he left my bike and he took my reefer. Mindless drug hoover at number 12 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called The Reefer Song. Do you want some, Harrison, or... Just no on both counts. Just no on both Well, you know, you've only got two options, man. I really don't. I have the option of never, ever hearing this song again in my life. <laughs> this is so bad. It's just boring and puerile and a waste of everyone's time. It's like proto-Afro Man, but with a shitty Two Ronnies vibe. No, <laughs> no thank you. Yeah. Like... Fuck this song. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Afro Man is an anti-drug song. No, this now is he is. a very yeah. pro-drug song. Yeah. No, but now Afro Man is pro-drugs. You, didn't you hear that? He redid Because I Got High 
for a um, legalization campaign. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Anything everything Afro Man did after Because I Got High is just fucking weird. It's yeah. just like, Let me strongly why, why not recommend his Christmas album. <laughs> oh my which God, that was a bad Oh, the Afro Man Christmas album. Don't get me started. It's not like so bad it's good. It's just rubbish. It's it's just really, really, really It good. says a fucking lot that I, we're talking about Afro Man yeah. 20 seconds <laughs> into supposed to be talking about I've this already said fuck this, this song. Yeah, I'm this done. This song is not great. It, I, I don't think it's as bad as some other like pro weed songs that have been in this countdown I'm not going to name names <laughs> <laughs> you could name several yeah um, but this song obviously not written by like musicians it's a joke uh, it's the kind of song that, it's the kind of joke song to have done oh, come it. on man that D minor chord it's yeah. pretty it's clearly like it's the kind of song that you'd expect to hear on like a sketch show that was popular with people that you don't want to spend time with yeah skin house yeah did you guys watch I imagine a show would be called like Joking around, or like jer- <laughs> jer- jerking off, like J O K I joking off, joking off, joking off. Yeah, the show will be called joking off, and they'll and they'll call themselves jerk offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And joking off, and the and the video and the song for this song would be a sketch on that show, and everyone would say, and everybody on Monday morning would tell me how funny it was. And I'd be like, I don't really watch that show. And I'd be like, glad that glad it- in 1995 YouTube doesn't exist, so I'm yeah. not going to be subject to it. Yeah. Don't worry, I taped but- it. Here, yeah. you can borrow my VCR. Yeah. The, equivalent of, the equivalent of having your phone out and awkwardly watching a YouTube video that you're waiting for it to be funny of 1995 was bringing a portable TV and VCR and power generator to school, <laughs> <laughs> which we all did. This song is bad. This is this that, again. I'm way this off topic from the so song. Bad. It's crap. It's, it's a piece of crap. Twelve year old voting card though, right? Yeah, twelve year old oh, yeah. voting card. It's getting pretty close to full. I think so. Do we want to check in on what's on the twelve year old voting card? What is on the twelve year old voting just, card? Just let me steal oh. myself first. Be- okay, go. Okay. <laughs> all right. And just remember all these fun hits that we've been through, guys. We've oh. been through some times. Ah, I see what you did there. Hits. Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. Crying already. All right. Let's go smoke some pot. Yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Who farted? I want to be a hippie. Drugs, which is a good song, a but, song. It is, yeah. but it Definitely is about drugs. And now we have the reefer songs. How many is that? That Eight? is six now. Oh, only six? Six. Well, they're going to have to fit a lot more in, uh, you know, the next 11 songs. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> it's possible that the 12-year-olds, you know, got desperate and voted for some good songs <laughs> as, as an act Maybe. of desperation mm. just to fill up Maybe. the card. If I was going to sum up the 1995 fucking countdown as a whole, I would say timeless classics and a bunch of shitty songs about drugs. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is this is a fuck this song. Yeah. Hey, did you know he has another song called Don't Take Ecstasy? And I thought, oh, this is interesting. We have a pro-marijuana song but maybe he's down on the party drugs he knows where the line is no 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 here's the here's the yep because the full chorus is don't take ecstasy if you're going to your mum and dad's for tea especially not on a saturday if you're going around for sunday lunch i listened to 10 seconds of another song about like <laughs> mindless drug hoover died in 2016 when david james young straight up murdered him oh, good, good. straight up murked him straight up murked him yeah. <laughs> murked him so if he is still alive i'm fucking coming for him (laughs) just sitting around with his fucking john lennon sunglasses (laughs) it's like oh what's going on i'm being murked i'm being murked right now (laughs) quit murking me fam stop it fam please (laughs) fam no i don't want to be murked anymore I can totally see how, how this should be higher than two Jeff Buckley songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Now Fire. it's personal. I see what you did there. Uh, 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 uh. Uh. <sighs> 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 Fuck. 
At number 11, this is the presidents of the United States of America. Uh, all rise for our national anthem. This is Lump. Lump sat alone in a boggy marsh, totally motionless except for her heart. Mud flowed up in the Lump's pajamas. She totally confused all the passing piranhas. She's Lump, she's Lump, she's in my head. She's Lump, she's Lump, she's Lump, she might be dead. of the United States of America coming in at number 11 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Lump. Uh, we are now going to cross live to a man sitting alone on a bench in the park, Mr. Andrew McDonald. President. <laughs> President! Yeah. I have so much love for President of the United States of America's oh, first record fuck yeah. and this song in particular is just oh, wonderful. Oh boy. This, I think, is like a perfect follow-up for America for what grunge did. Like, I guess in a way similar to Morning Glory combines like the hard edge kind of nature of grunge music but injects it with something unique. And in this, indeed, is actually playful and ironic in, like, in droves. Um, and it reflects like the post-sincerity years of grunge. In the 90s became irony after grunge music died. And this exemplifies that in a really wonderful way. It's brilliantly fun. Um, start to enjoyably quick finish. It's like under, under two and a half minutes. Love that shit. Showing my punk card here. But like, <laughs> I just the whole thing is so much fucking fun. Um, and actually, I, the nostalgia goes are very thick for me with this song. The Presidents of Nine Tides of America were the first band I ever consciously liked when I was really? like a seven or eight year old kid. Is that right? Yeah, the first the first time I thought to myself, I like this band and I know who yeah. this band is. I like music and yeah. I like this music. Yeah, it was president oh, it was it was president of the USA. Yeah, and I had I didn't have the album, but I had the singles um for Kitty, Lump and Dune Buggy. And they had some B-side live tracks, which included a bunch of songs from the album. But I didn't hear the album in full, so I was a teenager, and that was a real revelation. Yeah. Quickly around the room for other people's versions of that. I mean, mine was Michael Jackson. That was, yeah, I, heard, right. I, heard, I heard Beat It, and I heard the riff from Beat It, and I went... And it affected me more than any other piece of music had at that time. I was just like, I want more I like of that. This. And the, when the first album I was given was his history two-disc compilation. I was just all about that. Prisoner Society. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, cool. yeah it's Prisoner of Society, yeah. and, then, and, then, and then the Living End from there as well. Self-titled, yeah, yeah, cool. That's did our it, album for you though. Did it come much before other music, or was it just kind of like that, which like, quickly led onto other stuff? Like, did it happen before the legendary Night of the Deech, where you, oh, <laughs> yeah, you watch Rage, got your superpowers? <laughs> yeah, where you I am amazed you remember that and radioactive Rage. It's my it's it's my favorite origin story for a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Definitely is. Oh god. Um. Yeah. Now that happened in 1997. I think so. Right. Yeah, I would have been about seven years old, and you know, when you hear that, da 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 da, yeah. that for the it's like it blows your fucking mind. And Nathan, <laughs> your 
I don't know. Honestly, oh, like really? maybe Savage Garden or Human Nature, something really, yeah, really cruddy like that. Good Savage shit. Garden. Yeah, yeah. A bit of Chicka Cherry Cola. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely. I remember Savage Garden being like a band that certainly was like, mm. again, when I wasn't into music, it was music that I liked. Yeah, so. yeah. But back to how much I love Long, <laughs> oh, which please. is an yeah, incredible Jesus amount. Christ, yeah. yeah, this is a top tune. I have so much love for it. Everything about it just works so fantastically. It, the lyrics are heaps of fun and just totally unique. The I, I really like Chris Bellew's voice. Like, it's totally just so, so American and just like there's just something again much like I guess not to because I don't sound like Oasis at all but as, as a counterpoint like so consciously pushing forward his own accent is so much fun here and everything about this song is a just absolute goddamn delight and I love that um the lyrics were written uh, by Balu after he had himself had a benign tumour for a number of years and then he had a vision of a woman in a swamp and he thought the word lump was good and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I love knowing that when you listen to the lyrics because it makes it sit in this kind of really bizarre, semi-surreal place. Yeah, fully. Like, yeah. And the, I mean, this the, is a band that's already fucking surreal to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Playing uh, git basses git and bass guitars. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, just the custom modified yeah. kind of... I, I haven't actually seen any pictures of Three them. Three string and, and two string as well. Well, yeah. yeah. When I these guys came out in 2013 and played their debut album in full at the Roundhouse, and it was one of the most fun concerts I've ever been to in my life. They don't give a shit about like doing the nostalgia circuit or whatever like that. They just are having an absolute delight on stage. They played like seven or eight songs from other albums as opening, and then Balu interrupted them and then was like, "Hey, young guys, we haven't played any songs from our debut self-titled album. Let's do them all back to back." And they just played oh the album God. in full. Beautiful. Yeah, and then they closed doing a medley of covers before finally doing. Um, Video Killer Radio Star, their pop hit cover. Yeah, the, I have so much love for the, the first album of these guys. What other so, stuff was in the medley? Just um, for, if you can remember. War Pigs, there was some ACDC. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it was right. a medley of just bizarre things that you wouldn't yes, expect. I excellent. think there was some MJ. Yeah. But stuff you'd be psyched that they yeah, busted yeah, out. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, they're a top band, at least with this first record. And yeah, this totally. song is just exemplifies how perfect they are. That's it. They're just so much fun. Like, I don't know. I, I know I have a couple of friends that, like, don't like the presidents. That's weird. And I'm just like... On what grounds? They just... I don't even know. They're just like... <laughs> just Friends that. in ironic corner. Well, yeah. It's yeah. just like... It's just weird. And it's just like, why, why are you denying yourself this joy? Like, it's... It's such unpretentious, joyous music. It's just... It's just doing this wonderfully surreal, weird thing that is just fun. Yeah. That's there, there, it. There, and- there's a childish... Absolutely, joy inside the band. Yeah, like they're not like it's not childish music, but like yeah, a, it's not immature. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. like innocent. Yeah, in in its in how playful it is. Mm. Not but five minutes ago, we witnessed what can go wrong with someone who tries <laughs> to make <laughs> fun music. Yeah, but I think like the presidents are the like they're the poster boys for for fun songs. They mm. they they create the Hamlet of fun songs, <laughs> <laughs> the kind of shit. untouchable canonical fun songs that you just you just can't touch. It's just kind of like. What do you do to this? You have an undeniably great time. I love yeah. the fact that these guys are post grunge as well. Like as you said, like that's the fact that they came from Seattle and they came about <laughs> at this time yeah. is such a wonderful part of what this band is as well. And I was so happily fun. like uh, lump huh, them in with bands like like <laughs> Australian bands like Custard and Regurgitator mm. that yeah, are fully. doing the same kind of fun stuff. Even then, like. Punk bands like Friends or Rom, like it's kicking off. It's yeah. that attitude and it's that turn away from the sincerity yeah. of grunge into this this really irreverent, fun, 
Tism as well. I mean, I'm on the drug. Tism had obviously been around before then, but mm. like, <laughs> there it is. They're, well, yeah. they're doing like they're all playing with the same kind of irreverence. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. great. And Actually, you you know, um, uh, before that 2013 tour, they came out in 2007, and uh, their opening act for the entire tour was Tripod. Uh, great. There yeah. you go. Of course. <laughs> yep. Interesting choice. Uh, both uh, very funny bands with bald people in them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of love for this track, and I have a lot of love for like this era of the band. Obviously, like they have never given a shit, uh, like whether they are cool or popular or anything like that. You can tell. Like, regardless of whether these songs, like, you know, like, the songs that everyone knows, like, the Holy Trinity, they would have made those songs regardless if anyone was listening or not. Yeah. You know, there is such an authenticity to their weirdness. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think it's so, so fun. And I yeah, obviously love the energy. And uh, this song, as we were kind of mentioning, got that uh, second life for a lot of people uh, through Gump, the Weird Al parody, uh, which is a banger in its own <laughs> right. Which uh the band whenever Weird Al's in town, they join him for that song. Which yeah, is delightful. Which is unreal. I fucking yeah. love that. I, and, I, and, and I think that attitude just encapsulates them so well. Yeah, well. yeah, like, yeah totally. It was a weird one because like they were very, very popular um, back in the night. So I, you know, only knew like a couple of things by them growing up. But then like they got back together when I was about fourteen or so, when they put out an album called Love Everybody. And um, I remember I was just like, Oh, is this the is this the band the Peaches band? <laughs> the <Okay>. Peaches band. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Like I, I'm at, I'm at that weird age where like I've kind of I kind of got into bands through their second wins, like you know like Pixies, <laughs> the Go Betweens, huh. like you know like like bands on the like when they were reuniting and shit, like you know fucking Raids Against the Machine and fucking mm-hmm. Van Halen, Crowded House, you know like I got all of these bands like at that those later periods where you know their reputations were already established, you know so yeah it's it's kind of weird to kind of think about that reverse end. Engineering. (laughs) I wish I could be one of those people. Just like, yeah, I saw them in '95 at the Phoenician Club. (laughs) But it's just like, fuck no, you know. I saw them. I saw them. I saw them. I saw them when they were all fucking old and bald and doing it for the money. You know, it's just like, I'm. You know, part of me is okay with that. (laughs) It's just funny to think about that. You know, just like. As old as I can feel sometimes when I see some fucking, you know, like all ages shows or kids or whatever, you know, they'll always be suffer. It's just like, oh, there's always got to be someone older than me that's got the better fucking stories. And, yeah. You know, well, you just- go to enough kind of like 80s metal gigs that. Oh, totally. You, you, must, feel, you must feel young quite a bit. <laughs> and look, when you're in your 40s, you'll be that guy with the better stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I hope so. <laughs> As a final note for this band and what they are and what's great about them, um, they have played at so many like presidential endorsements <laughs> or like campaigns and stuff like that. And because I just imagine that like their entire fan base, once they know that there's a big presidential race going on, just turns to them as if there's some of kind of authority yeah. on presidents. Uh, 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 uh. First of which in '94 was for Clinton. Huh. There you go. There you go. They're, they're Democrats. Hey, Clinton, spoiler, get back to spoiler work. Spoiler alert. Lucky. <laughs> These guys aren't Republicans. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, well, we'll be making the presidency of the United States of America great again very, very soon. <laughs> yes. So uh, stay tuned. That brings us 
almost to the end of season three of Hottest 100s and Thousands. But it does bring us to the end of yet another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, it's time to nominate favourites and least favourites. If there is anyone in this room (laughs) that does not think that the worst song is Mindless Drug Hoover, speak now or forever hold your spliff. Yeah. On second thoughts, I think it's an amazingly astute observation. Of yeah, nice. Whereas last yeah, goodbye good is a bit like glossy, a bit problematic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know yeah, the, the hypocrisy of modern law enforcement in regards <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah. drug laws. All right, all right. Then, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's do best. My favorite's lump. Yeah, nice. I might go with Morning Glory. You, know, you guys we, are all we, looking yeah, at me like I got something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I can say lump as well. Yeah, cool. nice. Yeah. Very right. mix. Yeah. 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 Spice of Life, motherfuckers. Signs of a good what a great four songs. Spicy oh. boys. In fact, we, the, the best thing about Mindless Drug Hoover is it saved us a really, really hard choice. I would oh, rather have. I would rather, rather have, have had a choice. good song and a hard choice uh, no, than yeah. a bad song. No, and no, a, like, no. I'd rather have Sophie's choice than a really crappy kid. Brutal. <laughs> 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 Oh, fuck me. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Thank you very much. On behalf of Mr. Adam Puncher. I'd rather have a crappy kid. Yay! <laughs> Take that one. It's fine. Oh. This is my good kid. It's These are my three good kids. That one, not so much. Woof. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Yikes. My name is David James Young. Make America great again. China, 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 China.